Hello, and welcome back to the latest episode of Case Studies Explained. This week's episode focuses on the 1980s Night Stalker, a.k.a. Richard Ramirez. Stay tuned for the details of today's case study. From a young age, Richard Ramirez had it rough. It was only a matter of time until he started killing. Ramirez was strongly influenced by his older cousin, of whom was a combat veteran who often boasted of his gruesome exploits during the Vietnam War. He would share Polaroid photos of his victims, including Vietnamese women he had raped. At just the age of 10, Ramirez bonded with his cousin over joints and the gory war stories. His older cousin taught him some of his military skills, such as killing with stealth. Ramirez was also present when his cousin fatally shot his wife, Jessie, in the face with a thirty-eight caliber revolver during a domestic argument. From then on, things got worse, and there was not much that could have been done to stop it. Ramirez's first kill was on April 10, 1984. He murdered a nine-year-old girl in the basement of the hotel where he was living, in San Francisco. He raped and beat the girl before stabbing her to death and hung her body from a pipe. On June 28, 1984, he began what would be a year of what would be a year of murders, rapes, and burglaries. 79-year-old Jenny Vincal was found brutally murdered in her apartment in Los Angeles. She had been stabbed repeatedly while asleep in her bed, and her throat slashed so deeply that she was nearly decapitated. On March 17, 1985, Ramirez attacked 22-year-old Maria Hernandez outside her home in California, shooting her in the face with a 22 caliber handgun after she pulled into her garage. She survived when the bullet ricocheted off the keys she held in her hands as she lifted them to protect herself. Inside the house was her roommate, who had heard the gunshot and ducked behind a counter when she saw Ramirez enter the kitchen. When she raised her head, he shot her once in the forehead, killing her. Within an hour of these killings, Ramirez pulled 30-year-old Veronica Yu out of her car and shot her twice with a twenty-two caliber handgun and fled. She was pronounced dead, among, dead upon arrival at the hospital. On March 27, 1985, Ramirez entered a home at approximately 2 a.m. and killed sleeping 64-year-old Vincent Charles Zahara and gun, with a gunshot to his head from a twenty-two caliber handgun. Zahara's wife, Maxine, was awakened by the gunshot. Ramirez beat her and bound her hands while demanding to know where her valuables were. While he ransacked the room, Maxine escaped her bonds and retrieved a shotgun from under the bed, which was not loaded. This infuriated Ramirez. He shot her three times with the twenty-two, then fetched a large carving knife from the kitchen. He then mutilated her body by stabbing her several times, then gouged out her eyes and placed them in a jewelry box, which he left with. On March 14, 1985, Ramirez entered the home of Bill Doy and his disabled life, wife, Lillian. Ramirez shot Doy in the face with a twenty-two semi-automatic pistol. After beating the wounded man into unconsciousness, Ramirez entered Lillian's room, bound her, and raped her after he had ransacked the home for valuables. Bill Doy died of his injuries while in the hospital. On the night of May 29, 1985, Ramirez drove a stolen car to the house of Mabel Bell, 83, and her disabled sister, Florence Lang, 81. Finding a hammer in the kitchen, he bludgeoned and bound Lang in her room, then bound and bludgeoned Bell before using an electrical cord to shock the woman. After raping Lang, he used Bell's lipstick to draw a pentagram on her thigh as well as on the walls of both bedrooms. The women were found two days later alive but comatose. Bell later died of her injuries. 
The next day, Ramirez drove the same car to Burbank, California, and sneaked into the home of Carol Kyle. At gunpoint, he bound Kyle and her 11-year-old son with handcuffs, then ransacked the house. He released Kyle to direct him where the, valu- where the family's valuables were, then he raped her, her repeatedly. On the night of June 2, 1985, he drove a stolen car to the randomly selected house of Mary Louise Cannon. She was 75. After he found her asleep in her bedroom, he bludgeoned her into unconsciousness with a lamp and then repeatedly stabbed her using a 10-inch butcher knife from her kitchen. She was found dead at the scene. On July 5, 1985, Ramirez broke into a home in Sierra Madre, California, and bludgeoned 16-year-old Whitney Bennett with a tire iron as she slept in her bedroom. Bennett survived the beating, although 478 stitches were required to close the lacerations to her scalp. On July 7, 1985, Ramirez burglarized the home of Joyce Nelson. Finding her asleep on her living room couch, he beat her to death using his fists and kicking her in the head. After cruising two other neighborhoods, he chose the home of Sophie Dickman. Ramirez assaulted and handcuffed Dickman at gunpoint, attempted to rape her, and stole her jewelry. On July 20, 1985, Ramirez purchased a machete before driving a stolen Toyota to Glendale, California. He chose the home of Layla Needing and her husband, Maxon. He burst into the sleeping couple's bedroom and hacked them with the machete, then killed them with two shots to the head from a twenty-two caliber handgun. He further mutilated their bodies with the machete before robbing the house of valuables. Ramirez then drove to Sun Valley. At approximately 4.15 a.m., he broke into the home of the Kavanaugh family. He shot the sleeping Mr. Kavanaugh in the head with a twenty-five caliber handgun, killing him instantly. He then repeatedly raped and beat Miss Kavanaugh. He bound the couple's eight-year-old son. On August 6, 1985, Ramirez drove to Northridge, California and broke into the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson. He crept into the bedroom, startling Virginia, and shot her in the face with a 25 caliber semi-automatic handgun. He then shot Chris in the neck and attempted to flee. Chris fought back while avoiding being hit by two more shots during the struggle before Ramirez managed to escape. The couple survived their injuries. On August 9, 1985, Ramirez drove a stolen car to Diamond Bar, California, and chose the home of Abawaths. And chose the home of the Abawaths. Sometime after 2:30 a.m., he entered the house and went into the master bedroom. He instantly killed the husband with a shot to the head from a 25 caliber handgun. He handcuffed and beat his wife while forcing her to reveal the locations of the family's jewelry, and then brutally raped her. When the couple's three-year-old son entered the bedroom, Ramirez tied the child up and then continued to rape Miss Richard. Ramirez had been following the media coverage of his crimes, so he left Los Angeles and headed to the San Francisco Bay Area. On August 18, 1985, he entered the home of Peter and Barbara Pan. He shot the sleeping Peter in the temple with a 25 caliber handgun. He then beat and sexually assaulted Barbara before shooting her in the head and leaving her for dead. At the crime scene, Ramirez used lipstick to scrawl a pentagram and the phrase, Jack the Knife, on the bedroom wall. He remained in the area for a few more days before heading back to the Los Angeles area. On August 24, 1985, Ramirez traveled 76 miles south of Los Angeles in a stolen orange Toyota to Mission Viejo. That night, he arrived at the home of James Romero Jr., who had just returned from a failing vacation in Mexico. Romero's son, 13-year-old James Romero III, happened to be awake and heard Ramirez's footsteps outside the house. Thinking there was a prowler, James went to wake his parents, and Ramirez fled the scene. James raced outside and noted the color, make, and style of the car, as well as a partial license plate number. 
Romero contacted the police with this information, believing James had chased away a thief. After this encounter, Ramirez broke into the house of Bill Carnes and his fiancée Inez Erickson through a back door. Ramirez entered the sleeping couple's bedroom and awakened Carnes when he cocked his twenty-five caliber handgun. He shot Carnes three times in the head before turning his attention to Erickson. Ramirez told the terrified woman that if he was that he was the night stalker and forced her to swear she loved Satan as he beat her with his fists and bound her with neckties from the closet. After stealing, he could. F- after stealing what he could find, Ramirez dragged Erickson to another room to rape her. He then demanded cash and more jewelry. Before leaving the home, Ramirez told Erickson, tell them the Night Stalker was here. Erickson untied herself and went to a neighbor's house to get help to, for her severely injured fiancé. Surgeons removed two of the bullets from his head and he survived his injuries. Erickson gave a detailed description of the assailant to investigators and police obtained a cast of Ramirez's footprint from the Romero house. The stolen car was found on August 28th in Wilshire Center, Los Angeles, and police obtained a single fingerprint from the rearview mirror despite Ramirez's careful efforts to wipe the car clean of his prints. The print was positively identified as belonging to Ramirez, who was described as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas with a long rap sheet that included many arrests for traffic and illegal drug violations. On August 31st, 1985, Ramirez walked past police officers who were stalking out who were staking out the bus terminal in hopes of catching the killer, should he attempt to flee on an outbound bus, and into a convenience store in East Los Angeles. After noticing a group of elderly Mexican women fearfully identifying him as the El Matador, or the killer, Ramirez saw his face on the front pages of the newspaper rack, and he fled the store in panic. After running across the Santa the Santa Ana freeway, he attempted to carjack a woman, but was chased away by bystanders who pursued him. After hopping over several fences and attempting two more carjackings, he was, he was eventually subdued by a group of residents, one of whom had struck him in the head with a metal bar in the pursuit. The group held Ramirez down and relentlessly beat him until the police arrived and took him into custody. On September 30, 1989, Ramirez was convicted of all charges, 13 counts of murder, 5 attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. During the penalty phase of the trial on November 7, 1989, he was sentenced to die in California's gas chamber. So what happened to the Night Stalker? Richard Ramirez died of complications secondary to B-cell lymphoma at Marin General Hospital in Greenbrae, California, on June 7, 2013. He had also been affected by chronic substance abuse and chronic hepatitis C viral infection. At 53 years old, he had been on death row for more than 23 years. Psychiatrist Michael H. Stone describes Ramirez as a made psychopath as opposed to a born psychopath. He says that Ramirez's schizoid personality disorder contributed to his indifference to the suffering of his victims and his untreatability. Well, that's all for this week's case study explained. Tune in next Tune in next time for another informative episode.